Tonight, it's Love and Loss in Manhattan. We're pitting West Side Story against In the Heights. This is Musical Theater Deathmatch. Welcome to Musical Theater Deathmatch, the podcast where two recovering theater kids pit two musicals against each other and try to determine which is the better show. My name is Andrew Favaloro. I'm Kelsey Goldman. Uh, And we're back, baby. We're back. Little hiatus. We're going to call that, that was season one, this is season two, and no no mental breakdowns happened in the middle. Everything is fine. This is just British style seasons, four episodes. (laughs) Four episodes, two-year break. Come back for four, two years again. Exactly. Sherlock style. <laughs> no. I mean, I, sh- I guess I should say, uh, you know, it's really only been three months, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Tony Awards. Maybe still happening. Maybe still happening. We don't know. We're I not sure. Know. I think the latest is that they're happening in September, right? Sounds right. When uh, Broadway opens, as well as that whole, like, uh, Broadway's back concert thing. Yeah, that's probably going to be a shit show. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Mm-hmm. How have you been, Kelsey? I, I feel like I haven't seen you in person recently, even though I feel like now that the world is reopening, I see you in person a little bit more than I have for the last year and a half. Yeah, I've been pretty good. Um, I got a new computer, so that's exciting. Hopefully that means we won't lose any more podcasts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy, that was, a, that was a rough one. I might be getting a cat. Which is very exciting. Um, so updates on that next time. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to to asking you some questions about your cat, but I think somebody else is somewhat interested in asking you about your cat, and so I'd like I'd like to bring into the quote unquote room, as it were, our guest for today's episode. Uh, she is a very talented performer all up and down uh, the New England area. You probably know her, you know, from recognizing her performances. I know her from Mr. Fight's ninth grade English class. Oh, please welcome to the stage, Kara Chu Nelson. Hey. I was here the whole time, but I'll act like I was walking in. Yeah, no. Um, way to ruin the fiction of the situation, Kara. You, you don't understand. This is, this is awful. No. Um, Kara, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm excited for the world to be opening up. I'm excited for theater to be coming back. Um, I've already got tickets for a Broadway show in the fall. Can't wait for that. What do you What do you plan to go see? I this is not usually my way, but I am about to see for the third time on Broadway Hades Town. Ooh, okay. interesting. I'm obsessed. If there's one you're gonna see three times, I, I'm okay with that being a choice. Yeah, I'm not usually one to do that, but man, that show. I want to see it again, but I'm waiting for a new Orpheus because I do not like Reef Carney. <laughs> Fighting words. <laughs> I don't have anything against him personally. I just don't like his performance of this particular role. Yeah, I mean, my my boyfriend makes fun of his, his elbows back stance. 
is like that's, like, that's his acting is like <laughs> like the shrug i could say a lot more but i think we're probably going to talk about that on the show at some point so I'm yeah gonna... it, does, it does seem like that is something that's likely to happen uh, at some point, we gotta we gotta do Patrick Page versus Reef Carney versus Patrick Page versus Reef Carney. <laughs> are you, Kara? Are you aware that uh, Patrick Page and Reef Carney were both in Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark together? I am. I am. Yeah. Classic. We'll see what's next for them. You know? <laughs> Just locked in a battle to the death. It sounds like. Well, I know Patrick Page has played Scar, so maybe Reef will play Simba, and everyone will be offended. <laughs> yeah, that is offensive for for one reason. But like, as far as playing like a prepubescent teen, I feel like Reeve Carney could do it. Yeah. yeah, I know, and he's like in his mid to late thirties, but he's still <laughs> rocking that that tenor voice. Good for him. Do your thing, Reeve. Well, you know, as much as sometimes the show is actually just talking about Hades Town for an hour tonight, it is not about that. Tonight we're doing something different. Uh, we are. We are putting two musicals up against each other. And Kelsey, would you like to remind the listeners and our guests of the rules of tonight's showdown? Yes. Okay. So we will each introduce one of the shows, which tonight are West Side Story and In the Heights. Um, We'll start with a brief historical introduction and plot summary. And then we'll discuss the pros and cons of each show. In the middle, some point, there will be a game. (laughs) Um, and then when we're ready we'll call for a vote and decide who is the winner of the death match that's right Uh, and I think I'm going to kick things off uh, and give a little bit of an introduction to West Side Story Uh, West Side Story started as an idea in 1947 when choreographer Jerome Robbins uh, started working with musician Leonard Bernstein and book writer Arthur Lawrence on a contemporary adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, It took a few years, but in 1955, West Side Story as a title started to emerge and the story started to take shape. Uh, Around that time, a budding lyricist by the name of Stephen Sondheim was brought onto the project uh, because Bernstein decided he wanted to focus on the music. Something I found that was really interesting is that as West Side Story was being developed, it was to that time the most dance-heavy Broadway musical of all time, and they actually had to spend twice as long in dance rehearsals than normal shows typically would uh, because the dancing is so unique and so challenging and so crazy. Um, I have a feeling that's probably since been outdone, but it's a a fun little fact. Um, The story, as it were, is about two rival gangs, the Sharks, who are from Puerto Rico, and the Jets, who are white. They're locked in this turf war. Uh, and there is one Jet named Tony, who is mostly a pacifist. Uh, but he kind of gets dragged into this conflict between the two gangs. And one night, as they're planning a rumble, Tony looks across the room, and he instantly falls in love with Maria, who is the sister to rival gang member Bernardo. So tensions start rising between the gangs while Tony and Maria are falling more and more in love. And the fight happens. Tony goes to try to break it up because he's in love with Maria. Doesn't go so great. Tony's best friend Riff gets stabbed. Tony retaliates and kills Bernardo. Things are not good. At some point, Anita, who is a friend to Maria, a former lover of Bernardo, tells Maria that the sharks are out for blood. They've got a gun. Things are going to go down. But when she realizes how much Maria loves Tony, uh, goes to try to settle things with the shark, uh, with the Jets herself. Uh, that doesn't go so great. They attempt to rape her. Uncomfortable scene. Uh, but she's so enraged that she tells them the sharks have killed Maria. 
So Tony goes to confront the new shark leader. And he says, hey, look, if you killed my love, you should kill me too. There's no reason for me to go on. At that moment, he sees Maria, realizes that Anita has been lying to him, dies himself uh, because he gets shot by the new leader of the sharks. Uh, and so the, the last moment of the musical is Maria holding Tony's dead body as the sharks and jets kind of reconcile their differences. Uh, it's a pretty close telling of the story of Romeo and Juliet. If you are at all familiar with musical theater, you've probably heard a number of these songs, songs like When You're a Jet or Maria, Tonight, America, I Feel Pretty, Somewhere, G. Officer Krupke, just a crazy number of bangers in this class or in this show. The original production in 1957 starred Cheetah Rivera as Anita, uh, and it was nominated for six Tonys, including Best Musical, which it lost to The Music Man. However, it did win Best Choreography and Best Scenic Design. Since its original production in 1957, there have been revivals in 1964, 1980, 2009, and 2020. And a fun fact about the 2009 revival, starring Karen Olivo as Anita, is that it featured new Spanish language lyrics written by one Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's also worth noting that in 1961, there was a film adaptation starring Natalie Wood uh, and Rita Moreno is also in that cast, which won 10 Academy Awards, including Best Picture. And also this year in December, 2021, there will be a new film adaptation directed by Steven Spielberg starring Ansel Elgort, Rita Moreno again, Ariana DeBose, Brian Darcy James, Corey Stoll, Big fun cash coming out soon. So that's roughly that's roughly West Side Story. Kelsey, would you like to tell us about In the Heights? Yes, I will. As you've mentioned, um, uh, the composer of In the Heights, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is well known, um, I think, the world over now. <laughs> um, uh, but In the Heights was his first work first big work. Um, he wrote the original draft in 1999 during his sophomore year at college. Um, and there was a one act version put on at Wesleyan in 2000. Um, and then a lot of the people involved with the original production had approached him after seeing that and were like, do you think this could be expanded? Um, so the, the show debuted in, 2005 in an out-of-town tryout um, and then transferred to Off-Broadway in 2007 and opened on Broadway in 2008. The show chronicles three summer days in the largely Latinx Manhattan neighborhood of Washington Heights, thus the name. Um, It's sort of like four, I would say four intersecting stories of four basically young people who are from the neighborhood and have sort of different... um, journeys and goals and things that they want out of life and then also just sort of chronicling the the neighborhood itself the community and the family um there uh it was nominated for 13 tony awards it won four of them including best musical um a film adaptation directed by john chu was released just a couple weeks ago in june of 2021 um that's not as deep a a cut as as andrew went but um that is in the heights in a nutshell. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and Kara, you, you have a little bit of a connection to both of these shows. Would you like to tell us uh, what your connection to both of these shows is? Sure. Sure. Um, so West Side Story I've known about because of the movie forever. And then um, when I finally decided to start doing theater 
in college, it was my first full blown musical that I ever did. My freshman year of college, um, I was with Rosalia, who is the the shark girl who doesn't like America in the song America. In the movie, it's boys versus girls, but in the in the stage version, it's one girl versus the rest of the shark girls. So that's Rosalia. So I did that show and fell in love with theater. Um, and then I did that show two more times, West Side Story, um, actually back to back um, in some kind of like 2014, 2015, around there. Um, I did the show with a summer stock theater in Maine, and then I did it again with a professional theater in Boston. Um, and both of those times, I was also a sharp girl, and I got to sing somewhere. There's one ensemble female ensemble member that gets to sing the song somewhere um and so I got that solo um the the second two times that I did and I also understudied Maria um in one of those productions um so that's that's the only show I've done three times so I've had a long history with that show um and then in the heights I got to be in the ensemble of that show somewhere around 2017 and so I did that up in Portsmouth um, and that I saw that show on its national tour and fell in love with that one too. So I've gotten to perform both shows, which is pretty cool. Awesome. No, it seems like a, like you've got some uh, thoughts about those shows. We're really excited to be discussing the show with you tonight. But before we do, uh, as is my want, because I am a broken person inside, I figured I would torture our guest and co-host today uh, with a little game that I am currently entitling DJ Run That Back. Back because we're going to be playing some music backwards here. (laughs) Um, We're going to see how well this goes. But uh, the name of the game is I'm going to play a bit of a clip for you. Uh, Be the first one to chime in by saying your own name so I can tell who's going to make a guess. Uh, And if you think you can correctly identify which show it is from, that's all it takes to get a point. I will then tell you which song it actually is from that show. I'm going to keep score, but I don't think it terribly matters very much. <laughs> um, all right. Does any, do you have any questions about how we're going to do this? I don't think so. I hear that it's horrifying to hear musical theater songs backwards, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, only musical theater songs backwards is horrifying. That's it. Hearing them forwards is horrifying to some people, so. <laughs> well, they're wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, here is our first number. Kelsey, I think it's West Side Story. I think it's G Officer Krupke. It sure is G Officer yeah. Krupke. <laughs> Nice. They sounded so high pitched, right? I, I was like, I was like, there's not a child in any of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, revival of West Side Story, most recent revival. There was a child. Good lord, I I don't even remember which version. No, I'm pretty sure I pulled the movie version. Mm, okay. Oh, sorry. You were saying the most recent revival does have children. That's well, what you're I guess not the most recent revival anymore, but the 2009 revival, they had a, a boy sing somewhere instead of an ensemble member. Ah. Uh. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so that is one point for Kelsey. Here is our second track. Spots of them well. Oh, he wrote 
Sarah. Sarah, what do you got? That's West Side Story, and that's Maria. It sure is Maria. Say it loud, and there's music playing. Say it soft, and it's almost like rain. Ah, oh, man. This is going so much better than I hoped it would. I'll never stop saying. All right. We're tied up at one to one. Next song. Oh, Kelsey. Kelsey, what do you got? It's in the Heights, and it's Piragua? Piragua. actually very good it's not that bad to listen to <laughs> all right uh so that's two to one kelsey yes all right next up here we go Kara, oh, what do you think that's in the heights from in the heights that is the titular song in the Heights from In the Heights. Uh, two to two. Next up, here we go. Kelsey, West Side Story. Oof. No. Incorrect. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, that is Carnival del Barrio. Oh, yes. Carnival del Barrio. Carnival del Barrio. Carnival del Barrio. I love that song too. She sounds very Anita backwards. Yeah, I thought it was America, and that is I like the yeah in Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> well, now I'm worried that I had it wrong. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. no, you were. I heard it the minute you said it. Yeah, I could hear it, like after you told me, I was like, oh yeah, Canada. Yeah, we could. Kara Chu Nelson with three points. Uh, I think there's two more to go. <laughs> Sarah. I I think it's West Side Story. I think it's I Feel Pretty. Ah, it is West Side Story, so you do technically get the point, but that classic syncopation has to be America. It's so high. I gotta remember that it sounds higher than it really is. I, that is the 2009 revival, and I was taken with how high Karen Olivo got up there. Oh, no, that was the last one. I mean, I don't right. think I can catch up anyway. I'm pretty sure Kara won that one. I do think she did. 
Uh, but valiant effort by both of you there. Uh, that was a fun game. I'm definitely going to bring that one back at some point. I promise. But now... We're going to maybe have a quick word from our sponsors, and probably not, because I still don't think we're getting paid for this podcast, but I'm putting in an ad break here anyway. (laughs) And we are back. (laughs) Because we all went away. Now it's the part of the show where we fight about these two shows and try to come to some sort of objective conclusion about which is the better show. Obviously, like we know, things are subjective, whatever. But this is really just a personal preference. Uh, if you if you had to pick one, what's it going to be? We're gonna we're gonna start, I think, by talking about West Side Story. Does anybody have any anything they'd like to say about West Side Story to start with? I mean, I think one of my, one of the things I felt when I was re-listening to this to, you know, get in the headspace was that this show is actually to me much more of a dance-based show than I like, like have remember in my head. Um, And hearing you talk about it in the intro about how it it had more dancing than like any show up to its time um, makes a lot of sense. Um, It's very interesting to me because this show would never get made now. You would not let four white guys write a show about Puerto Ricans. You just wouldn't do it. Um, but that said, it's like such a core piece of, I think, the American canon. Um, Definitely. And I think it would have been interesting to see the originally proposed show, which was East Side Story, which was about Catholics and Jews in the Lower East Side. As that would be a, a, a culture that the the writers could speak to. And I actually think I want to confer with Ellen about this, but I think one hand, one heart sounds Jewish and I can't explain why, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, but I think there are so many iconic songs in the show, Mm -hmm. but I think for me, the dancing is always what stood out from it. Um, And I think that it's, it's really interesting to think about as, as a dance musical, with just really good music. Cause a lot of times if it's a dance musical, you kind of just like, you know, the, the actual singing and the songs aren't that important. Cause you're here. It's okay. You can say that cats sucks here. This is a safe space. Cat has its time and place, but it's not, you know, good. <laughs> but like the, the songs in this are so good. And I, I think, you know, despite, you know, the show would never get made because of the subject matter, the way it is. But mm. I also think the show would never get made because these the people who, made it wouldn't come together to do to collaborate on a thing like the the level of people and the, the height they were at their careers i don't think that they would come together in it in the now space to like mm-hmm. collaborate on something like this and so i don't think you would get like a show that's this good in in the dancing and in the orchestrations and in the lyric yeah i know i just think it's it's just an iconic show and it's so malleable in a way um mm-hmm. like there's a reason it's it's stood the test of time um right. despite like subject matter that in this day and age could feel a little bit rote or, you know, inappropriate. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised to hear you say you didn't think of this as a dance show going in. Like, I, I feel like that's the one thing everybody associates with West Side Story is just like that snapping dancing at the beginning and all the the random ballets in the middle at the at the gym. I just so I I haven't seen this show on stage, which is 
is probably part of it. Um, I've only seen the movie. Um, there's, the dancing in the movie is good, though. <laughs> and I think there's just, I, I was thinking about, like, the songs in it, and there are so many iconic songs. So I was like, okay, that like that's where my head was. And then I was re-listening to it. I was like, oh, no, this show is about, is about dancing. Kara, uh, as someone who has performed in both, uh, what are your thoughts on um, just the level of dance and song quality? And yeah, I mean, exactly what, what Kelsey is getting at here is that she thought of it as a, a singer's show. You know, you, you, you go to hear the singing and hear the songs. And it's, it's obvious to many other people that it's such a dance show. I think that shows that this show has it all, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need extremely good singers. You need extremely good dancers a couple of those people have to be able to be triple threats. Um, and then of course it packs a punch story wise, you know, um, as someone who's performed in the show, um, one thing that tells me that it's a good show is most performers. I like to ask this to my friends when like they've done a show is like, is there a part of the show that you just like hate doing because it's so poorly written and you just like, can't like muster the energy to put, you know, to perform it well, because you're like, ugh, what a bad part of the script. Like I played Eponine and there's a line that she has to sing. That's good. God. Oh, what a rumpus. Like that is a line in the show that you have to sing. <laughs> Wonderful show. One of my top five faves, but like, there are just parts that you're like, yeah. ugh. and I've done the show three times and there's just not a scene or a, even a line that you're like, Ugh, you know, I mean, I, and this is not coming from a Latinese perspective. So I, I can't speak to if it portrays um, that experience mm-hmm. properly, especially, you know, as time goes on, it's 2021, you know, it could change every year based on the experiences of those people. Um, but just from my perspective, I just, I, and I've worked with people who are Puerto Rican or who are Hispanic or, or who are Latin a, and they, you know, will do the show over and over. So I would hope that it's not just because there aren't that many roles um, and that the show really does sit with them. Well, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have understudied Maria, like I said, and I've also been offered the role of Maria. Um, and I don't feel like I can do it because she, her final scene she has to basically give a monologue and yell at everybody on stage for messing up, you know, and essentially killing three people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So spoiler alert, Riff, Bernardo and Tony all die. Um, and she's just like, you know, we all killed him is basically like the thesis statement of the entire show. And she has to deliver that. And then the show is over. Yeah. So it's when you think of West Side Story, a lot of people who don't really think that hard about the show think of it as like this like fluffy, dancey. They think of America, the song. They think of I Feel Pretty. They think of Officer Krupke. But they forget that the show literally ends with just like everyone walking off stage distraught and guilty. And um, I think one of the writers of the show said, I don't even want a curtain call. If you're not like... Like you can do it, but there's not, I'm not giving you any music for it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to just silently bow. And that's what I've had to do in every show that I've done. You know, it's not going to be like, boom, 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 boom. And you know, everyone's like, Hey, it, this wasn't real. They really want it to sit with the audience. So I, I, to me, it has, it has comedy, it has singing, it has acting, it has dancing, and it has 
drama. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it. I mean, I think yeah, people do think about it as this like sort of fluffy musical that's classic and and in this in a little bit in the same way but in a a lot like you know the the musicals of its time like there is an element of tragedy i mean it's shakespeare and it's not comedy shakespeare it's tragedy shakespeare it ends in death um so i don't really think there's spoilers because i hope that people know how romeo and juliet ends but i i do i do have to say one of the shows i did our we did our first read through on the first day and our tony when we got to that part he did not know that he (laughs) he died and he was like, wait, you are like, seriously, man? Yeah. I think, I think, I think, you know, I'm thinking about like a lot of Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals um, that we were talking about last time we did this. And I, I think the, sort of this era of musicals, there's not this like impetus, like there kind of is now to have it be like a happy ending. Like mm-hmm. it has to be a good time. And that's not true for everything, obviously, but you know, I think it's much more of a, 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 a way people think of as music of musicals they think it you know it always ends happily right um with the big curtain call and everything but yeah no i think um this is this is also one of the only episodes we've done where i've gone in without uh, my pick done already so i'm interested to see where this goes <laughs> i don't have a pick either oh, yeah, no, really no. no i i i think i know but i'm like very malleable in my opinions on this uh something that i was really struck by listening through the the album in preparation for this uh, was G Officer Krupke, which I have long thought is just like such a fun, ridiculous moment. It, it is like definitely, it's like the the guards in Macbeth, you know, like heavy, 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 light moment of comedy, heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, and I always kind of thought of G Officer Krupke as that, but there's the, that part at the end. It's about how where, like, terrible home life <laughs> right well it's it's more than that it's the part at the end where um the trouble is he's lazy the trouble is he drink and it's just like uh stephen sondheim kind of uh saying these are kids who just got pushed from from like abusive system to abusive system uh and it's the system that's failed them it's not that they're inherently bad people which is a a take i would expect in 2021 for a musical being written. And I feel like it's very insightful, especially towards a different racial group for 1957. And I was just like really impressed by that moment and what I thought was an otherwise very light and fluffy song. Uh, just to clarify, uh, G. Officer Krupke is sung by the Jets, the white gang. Uh, you're right. Mm-hmm. You are yeah. right. <laughs> that is my bad. That's correct. Yes. Sorry, I, I did reference. I referenced that it was there, about a different racial group, but yeah, I just wanted yeah. to make sure that you knew that uh, I, <laughs> the, rest, the rest was on point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And point. I think I think it is it is a, an important point that like you know it is a system that's failed them, but like it's also an important point when you it's it's the same way that Shakespeare becomes like newly um, you know important relevant the longer it goes mm-hmm. in that like you know there's a new sort of look at that that you know this is the way that young white criminals are treated in that, like, it's just, it's not their fault. It's the system that's failed them. But there's the, the, you know, young criminals of color, Mm -hmm. you know, young people of color who commit crimes don't um, get that same treatment. So like, it it just, it's crazy to me how newly relevant that is when you look at it in a different interpretation. And I think it, and in Shakespeare, that happens with Shakespeare all the time. And I love that that can happen with musical theater too. (laughs) 
I mean, it's almost like that, you know, the fact that it didn't win the Tony, it's almost like that decade wasn't ready for a show like this Mm. that turns the mirror on white audiences. And, um, you know, Bernardo's not seen as a villain. Um, neither are the jets, but, um, the, the unhappy ending, the, the death, the, um, you know, the social commentary that Andrew's referring to. It's almost like they were like, nah, this isn't what musical theater is supposed to be. We can't have it win or else like, it's going to change the genre and we're going to have shows that don't have happy endings and no one's going to go see it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that the music man, which did win that year is, is quite grappling with the same issues for sure. Impressive in its own way. Oh, definitely. But, but, but genius. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's also, um, it's also, I think poignant that, so the, the sharks, the, the male sharks, the male Puerto Rican characters don't really get a whole lot of stage time. They get to dance um, and they get to do like the rumble, which, you know, fight choreo is always fun. Um, and Bernardo gets a, a little bit of um, dialogue, but overall it's the women of color that get a story in this show, which I think is also just like way ahead of their time. You know, Anita and Maria have a voice in this show. Um, like I said, Maria gets to like present the thesis statement of the show at the end and people listen, you know, she's not helpless in that moment. She's like powerful. Um, and you know, Anita and Maria have a whole duet together. It's like one of my favorite songs in the show. Um, just about what love means to them and how, you, you know, one of them wants to stand by her man and the other one wants to pull him out of, the violence that he's, you know, almost, you know, one foot out the door of. So um, I think that's also really interesting. Um, just that they, they gave so much of a voice to the Puerto Rican women in the show. Mm-hmm. And the white women don't really get anything. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Are there any white women characters in the show now that I think about They're it? They're there. They get to dance a okay. lot. Yeah. They say like, like I remember one of my best friends in the the first production I did played Velma, which is Riff's girl. Um, And she says something like poo poo at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy material. Yeah. And then I think the other thing is, of course, just how beautiful the dancing is. I think this is one of those shows that like uh, the dancing is kind of copyrighted, trademarked in some sort of way that like, if you're doing West Side Story, you have to, on some level, be doing the original uh, choreography. I think that, you, if you do do the original choreography, you have to say, like, Jerome's Jerome Robbins choreography. And I, I think see. people are expecting the original choreography in a lot of ways. Um, right. It, it, kind of like a ballet. Like, it's not a ballet because a ballet is the choreography. But, like, I think, you know, right. I think you go to West Side Story expecting Jerome Robbins choreography. Um, if you're not if you're not snapping, like what are you, what are we doing? What's the point? <laughs> Why are we here? It'll be interesting to see if the the movie uh, utilizes that and how they utilize it. The one that's coming out soon. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I look forward to it. I had seen the movie in a, a history of musical theater class that I took in high school. Which just quick sidebar: Did you also take that with Mr. Button, Kara? In high school, we had a history of musical theater class. That was taught by the band teacher and it was, you know, maybe 10 days of lecture and then movies, 
13 weeks of movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. It was perfect. I didn't take that. I wish I did. Okay. <laughs> um, so I had seen the movie and I was like, okay, you know, this is good. It, uh, at the time, I felt like it was kind of not a great adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, although I have reversed my stance on that since. But I remember not being very moved by it and especially kind of thinking that the dancing was overhyped. And so I spent years thinking that I hated West Side Story. And then I saw a live production of it. And there is just something really incredible about like knowing that it's people who are doing that, like in a movie, especially now in 2021, there's always some suspension of disbelief that like anything is actually happening. And even still, it's not people who are doing it. It's movie stars who are doing it. But like to see it actually happen in front of you was a a big transformative moment uh, for my love of musical theater. Absolutely. We'd be remiss to not talk about the music. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, the time signatures the that are crazy like america is like this you know i i'm i don't i took music theory and ear training in college but it's all gone now um but it's really smart and really genius and then the intervals Mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys are um aware of um certain subways in new york have uh minor seventh that sounds like somewhere from West Side Story. So if as it pulls away from that that particular station, it'll go duh, 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 as it pulls away. Um, so it's just like, next time you're in New York, you're going to notice. It's only certain lines. But um, yeah. next time we're in so New York, yeah. We are both from oh, okay. right, We are both Got from it. Got it. I would assume um, it's probably subway stations on the Upper West Side. Right. Might be on. Where we so. are not uh, very often. <laughs> Main Island. But. The island of Manhattan, as quoted in West Side Story. Um, yes. But, yeah, I mean, the music for its time, Bernstein was able to sneak in really obscure musical motifs and time signatures and make them catchy, which I think, you know, cause you don't hear it and you're not like, that was weird. I don't like how that feels in my ears. You're like, Ooh, so catchy. So snappy. I love it. You know, I think that's, what's pretty amazing. There are tritones, the dun, 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 which happens a lot in West Side Stories. Tritone, which is like mm-hmm. not cute, you know, mm-hmm. it's not clean. It's not Rogers and Hammerstein. So, um, I mean, that's another point for West Side Story. I think that's that's something interesting, right? Like this this show sounds different than what was being released at the t- the same time, what was being mounted at the same time, and I think that is another thing that sort of makes it a parallel to the other show we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, um, I don't want to go away from West Side Story just yet because I I think the music in the show is so beautiful and so like varied in a way that is um, really interesting. I don't have a lot of like music theory knowledge so i can't speak on it as well as you can but i think the the songs don't sound the same but they go together and that is something that Mm. i always find like so impressive (laughs) um when there are like motifs but you don't feel like the the song is being written like again with different lyrics you know agreed yeah it's cohesive while still being varied it's jazzy it's a little bit operatic um there, there's a dream ballet that's completely instrumental in the show. Um, it requires a 
a fairly large orchestra, which, you know, is Mm -hmm. probably another reason why Andrew had such a better experience seeing it live. And I mean, also seeing people actually sing as opposed to Natalie Wood being dubbed by Marnie Nixon. Is that the name I'm looking for? We should know. Something like that. It's so cool. West Side Story, as it turns out, is a very good show. Who would have seen that one coming? <laughs> um, but let's head, a, let's head a little bit farther up the west side of Manhattan. <laughs> nice segue, right? Let's head a little bit farther up, even farther than Harlem, to uh, talk about In the Heights. Yeah. Yeah, I we were talking about how uh, seeing West Side Story live made such a big difference for me. And I, I just wanted to start with the story that I have seen In the Heights twice uh and both times it's been high school productions um and one time it was a very bad high school production but the second time it was at the best performing arts high school in the country at LaGuardia and I'm gonna count that as essentially a professional performance they'll all be professional one day uh many of them already were like every single girl in the cast had played young Cosette or young Eponine on Broadway (laughs) pretty much no big deal no big deal no big deal but yeah in the heights as a um, it's just such a beautiful thing to watch. I don't know. Somebody else take it. I mean, Kelsey brought up a very good point that while West Side Story was groundbreaking for its time musically, In the Heights mm-hmm. as well for its time was groundbreaking. You did not see rapping a whole lot in musical theater no. um, or hip hop um, Right. Or just Latin music, you know, there's salsa in that show. Um, there's beats and rhythms that you don't hear a lot on Broadway. Um, yeah. And it made it popular. I mean, that's the difference, right? Because I think Passing Strange came out the same year. Um, sorry, Passing Strange, like you got totally like obliterated by In the Heights. I think, I think they came out the same year. Um, it was close mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think they were part of the same Tony season, um, I think. Um, And it's just like, you know, Lynn got it right the first time. Um, You know, we didn't see these kind of hip hop musicals coming up and, and, you know, flopping on Broadway and fading back. He got it right the first time um, and won the Tony for it. um, And then went on to incorporate that genre even more. (laughs) Um, in a in a little yeah. skit, um, that we're I talking about Twenty One Chump Street, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That renowned 20. hit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for um, Lynn's way of of bringing something new to the table, just like Sondheim and Bernstein did back then. Yeah, I think I think what really struck me when I was thinking about this is that um, we sort of lament a lot in our in our group chat in our friend group in general that there's just like no one is making anything original (laughs) everything's a remake everything's a reboot everything's an adaptation of something else and you know I don't think that's totally true on Broadway but the more the years go by the more it is true um but this this was a totally original thing that came out in my lifetime and I and I think there's something huge to be said for that um, because even, even, you know, West Side Story, as amazing as it is, it's not an original story. Like it's Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um, and I think the vision, the, the sort of like alignment of the vision of the sa- like the sound of the music, the story, the choreography, the, you know, just the way the whole thing is done is, uh, really, really impressive. And 
I think that was kind of what made it what it was. It was like, it was such a, a unified original thing. Um, it's, you know, it's probably one of my favorite musicals ever. You know, it's top five, definitely. Um, and I just, I think there, it brought, because it brought that genre of music, multiple genres of music really into the space of musical theater. It did, like it had, it has had this lasting effect that I think um, is probably akin to West Side Story at this point. Um, I have a lot of really like, good feelings about um in the heights it's you know it's one of the shows that definitely made me love theater even more like i i did see it on broadway um with like i think corbin <laughs> blue was in it at the time <laughs> um but you know and and i you know it's just a fun show to go to but the story is also very cathartic and very um emotional and and it's easy to connect to despite my you know not having grown up in new york not having any not being a latinx like not being like you know i i shouldn't connect to the story but i do and i think that that is very impressive yeah. in a way i have some thoughts about the movie but i'm not going to share them here um, i think i think the the thing about the story is that it is very clearly this moment like it is a sort of late 90s early 2000s new york washington heights story um and i think it just is captured so fully in in the original stage musical and i just i don't I, it's it's one of the best shows of the last 20 years full stop like maybe one of definitely one of the most important shows i think of all time but i don't I, you know I have a lot of good things to say about it, <laughs> but I'll let somebody else talk. Um, th I think the the difference that strikes me when I try to compare West Side Story to In the Heights is the stakes. Like from the moment that West Side Story starts, it's life or death for everybody. There's three people who are murdered. You know, it's, it's all about these grand things. And somehow In the Heights is also about life, love. It's also about death in its way with Abuela Claudia. Um, and just somehow it feels so much more personal and feels so much more resonant. I, I think it's the fact that it like, isn't as epic and broad and sweeping, like really just makes it hit home so much harder. Uh, and I think that's, that's something that's really beautiful about it. It, it, um, it's one of those shows that's like so personal. Everybody feels so fleshed out and fully realized that like, Every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm relating to somebody new in a new way, which I think is just so impressive. I think the difference is that In the Heights isn't trying to teach something to us. It's, there's no like moral of the story. You don't feel like each character is supposed to be representing mm -hmm. something. Which is the problem with the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it's... The, so I, I in the heights is also in my top five all-time favorites but so is west side story so i'm just kind of stuck <laughs> but um yeah i think um the funny thing is i shouldn't like in the heights i don't like rap and hip-hop music at all like i only listen to show tunes and like i also only listen to show tunes yeah it's it's basically just cerebralis and show tunes for me so I shouldn't like it for the genre. Um, I don't usually like ensemble shows 
where they just kind of capture a time and a place and a people and nothing happens. And that's why I think it's so funny that Kelsey's, um, you know, synopsis of the show is just like, there's a bunch of people and they're in. And I usually don't like that. Like I hate hair, you know, like I hate when it's just like, here's a, here's a character study. Bye. Um, I mean, things happen in that in, in the Heights when I tried to um, describe it because um, I went to see the show with a whole bunch of people and I went with my boyfriend who doesn't know in the Heights and he was like, what's just like, a, what is it about? And I was like, I mean, I guess the main thing that happens is that someone has won the lottery. Like that is that is mm-hmm. the main thing. Everyone like the neighborhood is changing and someone's won the lottery and like. And we explore what home means to everybody. And to be honest, best song in the show. Oh, 96,000? Yeah. Got it. Got it. I didn't know if you meant Paciencia. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, I say 96,000 is the best song in the show, but then I'm like, oh, but is it? Because <laughs> yeah. they're all so good. And I think I, you, you were talking about how you don't really like ensemble musicals where we just like meet a bunch of people but i feel like the ensemble numbers in this show are the best songs in the show Mm -hmm. like and the the solos are so strong and so wonderful and great except for one in my opinion but um no i actually relitigated myself on a new teal today i don't like enough very much Ah. Um, oh yeah um i I was i was sad about that because it was another like woman of color power moment yeah I just I don't think I think it's a weak musically as mm-hmm. far as the rest of the songs. Um, I didn't think I liked a new teal, and then I was re-listening to the uh, OBC today, and I was like, oh no, this, this is a jam. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> it's, but it's necessary for the exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but know, I think like I work hard. Yeah, I think the 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 ensemble numbers of this show are what I love about mm-hmm. it. Um, I love 96,000. I love Carnival de Barrio. I love the opening number. Like I, there are just so many good ensemble numbers or even like small group numbers. Like No Me Diga is like a great song and everything's so fun. So, but like sad when it has to be sad, mm. you know, the, the song I missed most from the movie, if I can go there, was uh, Everything I Know. Because I think they kind of shafted Nina's story a little bit um, because we don't really get to see her make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things about the movie that it's, to me, it's a, it's a different story because they said it in 2020 Definitely. or 2021 or whatever weird version, 2019, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's, it's a different story. Like, it's still a fun romp good time dance musical movie but the story is not captured the same and i think in some ways it's they made it a gen z story when it was a millennial story Mm, interesting and that's that's my theory at this point i'm not gonna you know i'm not a a critic so i'm not gonna you know really expound on that but i think for me the the music in this one i i know it so much better than in west side story so like it is like slightly closer to my heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I, you know, and I think, I think for me, it's just like the, they're, they're both so good. Both these shows are so good. How are you supposed to choose? Well, you have to, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the rules of the game, but we're not done talking about In the Heights yet. Well, I think, I think what happened with the movie, not that we're talking about the movie, but we have to, and if West Side Story's movie had come out, we would probably be talking about that too. You know, I try to remember, I, I usually enjoy movie adaptations of either a book I've read mm-hmm. or a musical I love because I just want to see what they do to root it in the genre. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, cinema is a different medium than stage, right? And in cinema, you need a central couple. Mm-hmm. 
And in the show, Nina and Benny are honestly, to me, more of a central couple than Vanessa. Like Vanessa and Usnavi just like have crushes on each right. other and like they're not going to be together. That, that, yeah. <laughs> but they still kind of like, it's those four characters that we care about and it's very much, and we care about Abuel and we care about Camila and Kevin. Yeah. Like we just kind of like see the neighborhood and we care about everybody and the stakes are high for all of them. But in the movie, they they clearly wanted to center Usnavi and Vanessa as the central couple. Therefore, they had to decenter Nina and Benny. And so, right. yes, Nina got a little bit more time to explain like her experience in college and being kind of in the the rich white world. But overall, Nina and Benny already were dating, so we're not like rooting for them to get together. Um, Nina's mom is out of the picture. Um, there's no. Um, issue with Nina's dad and Benny. There was like this whole thing about how Benny's not a part of our culture. He doesn't even speak Spanish. You can't date him. He's not good enough for you. And they totally cut that, which I thought was a really important thing to note that even, even within the BIPOC community, you still have this approval, you know, and, and this, I don't, even though we're both people of color, we're not the same, you know, we still have different struggles and, and, I still could feel like I'm better than you or that my daughter's better than you. Um, and they, they cut that, I think, really just to really center Usnavi and Vanessa, which yeah. seems like the root of the changes. Yeah, I, I think I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. that That is like why all of the, the changes happened, which like, and on the one hand, I'm like, yes, all of the Anthony Ramos, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Vanessa is not developed enough as a character to have her be the central part of the story. Mm-hmm. But she loves fashion. A lot. <laughs> did, she, did she love fashion in the, the musical? I cannot recall. <laughs> no, no, she has no interest. Just getting out of the heights. Yeah. And I think you you just lose, like, yeah. Benny and Nina's right. relationship was so much uh, fuller yeah. in a way. Um, so, but I mean, we're not talking we're about not the musical. The we're talking about the movie. We're talking right. about the stage show. Um, what What are your favorite songs? in this show or both these shows here's the problem i would love to play nina so everything that nina sings i just want to sing um so like breathe is like my is a staple audition song for me um but i love everything i know that song and it also strengthens abuela and you know the fact that she was everyone's mom and she kept all these things um but yeah, I mean, all of the ensemble songs are great bops and there's great dancing that happens in that show. It's not as groundbreaking of choreography as um, West Side Story and doesn't have to be because the music isn't as complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, chore- you're not choreographing to this like really tricky time signature or, um, you know, this this subtle horn solo. Um but there is great fun dancing. And once again, bringing hip hop as a dance genre to theater was huge um, and wasn't as prevalent until that point. Um, other song. I mean, I love champagne. I cannot stand that song. Really? I, I, I think it's just because it's like such a recitative and like Lynn, yeah. Lynn is clearly better at writing songs than just that, like mostly speaking piece of music. I will say that I felt like Lynn, I used to say this all the time, even before Hamilton, 
I felt like he didn't know how to end a lot of the songs in in the Heights. Like he, he probably wishes that like a fade out was okay. <laughs> like, in in Util particularly, he's like, "We'll have been useless." And you're like, "That's it." And everyone's like, "And same." Like he ends a lot of songs with "In Washington Heights," like when he doesn't know what else to do. Nah. But home, but the end of the final, the finale is beautiful. Like the home, you know, I'm home. Like yeah. the interweaving of rap on top of other, the whole finale. I, I let's say the finale is my favorite song. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great song. I um, I remember the first time I saw it in the Heights, I was really taken with Inutil just because it, it seemed like a moment where a character could have been very flat and just like you know, if there's going to be a villain, it's kind of Kevin Rosario. It was just a great humanizing moment that I really didn't see coming. And it like kind of, kind of took me by surprise. Um, And so I have a very soft spot for that song, even though I don't think it's the best song in the show necessarily. It's just like, it's just a moment that really sticks with me. Here's a question. Would West Side, I mean, would In the Heights exist without West Side Story? That's the thing. I don't think so. Certainly not the very beginning of it. I know. No, certainly not the very beginning of it, which literally <laughs> is like the same notes that Wesley Story ends on, uh, or like it's the beginning of America. The beginning of yeah, the beginning of America. I was listening to Wesley Story today, and one there is a song that ends on those like little those same notes that America starts on. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, there's no. I I don't think that it would. Um, in a lot of ways, I'm assuming Kara that you knew that. Like the first time you heard in the Heights, you were like, "Oh yeah, that's the thing from from West Side Story." But Kelsey, did you know that connection until preparing for this? I don't think I made the connection, but I knew both of the songs. I <laughs> but I mostly just because I don't spend a lot of time listening to yeah West Side Story. I like. I mean, I hadn't listened to all of America in a long time, and so just like to hear that in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, that's." kind of surprising i think i actually realized recently when i was listening to in the heights before i listened to it because i had for another reason i was listening to america the song a lot um last mm-hmm. year but um and like probably you know subliminally made the connection but never was like yeah. oh <laughs> i know that very well because i had to start off that song and it was difficult <laughs> You've got the clave going, and then you have the da 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 da, and then you just have to be coming in at some point singing. So, like, you just don't know. I had so much trouble with it. I think I I think the the songs in West Side Story are hard to sing. Like, just in general, like, not necessarily. I mean, yes, like technically, like you have to have a range, but like in that they are like difficult because of all of the interesting right. <laughs> musical uh, motifs and, and rhythms and stuff. Uh, I mean, Lynn has going, going back to, you know, would in the Heights exist without West Side Story in every interview that when Lynn talks about this, the beginnings of in the Heights, he would say the only role for a guy like me was Bernardo. Mm-hmm. And, um, that guy in chorus line, like that was it for him. You know, those were the only roles for him. And so he wanted to create, you know, seven of them in one show. Um, So whether that was filling a gap um, since West Side Story, or if it was inspired by West Side Story, um, 
would that exist without it it almost it almost sounds like without west side story and the heights would have come sooner like he would have said there are half as many roles for a guy like me i don't know I, i was kind of struck by how similar they were uh comparing these and i think that's just kind of part of the exercise about picking two things and being forced to compare them you're going to find similarities and differences but i think in the end lynn would have done it even if west side story didn't exist but i think there were definitely elements of west side story that he was inspired by and paying homage to in mm-hmm. in, in the heights so without west side story in the heights would be, exist but probably without those homages real fast kara hypothetically let's say you're at a karaoke bar and remember those? Remember those from a year and a half ago? Yeah, sharing microphones. <laughs> yeah, that thing that's very safe and we can't all wait to do again. Um, but if you if you were to pick a song from either of these shows to sing, what uh, what song would you go with? Um, I mean, no one wants to hear a ballad at karaoke, you know. I so disagree. So with I you. would probably <laughs> I would probably go with "It Won't Be Long Now" mm-hmm. from. In the Heights. It's a good one. Which I've also sung in auditions before. Yeah. So I feel comfortable. I think that's a good, that's a good shout. That's a good, uh, you know, because people don't necessarily want to hear ballads, but like some people want to sing ballads. But you can't do too many. And and like, I think It Won't Be Long Now is great because it's like, it has, you can be impressive, but it's like a, a beat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it has a tender moment at the end. Yeah. I am um, not impressive singing wise. So <laughs> I would definitely make Andrew and the rest of my friends sing some ensemble number from In the Heights with me. <laughs> oh, interesting. I was thinking uh, G Officer Krupke, just get like four people all, all together to do all the various doctors and whatnot. That'd be so much fun. That would be fun. Yeah. I think, actually, I think me and Sarah could really rock a Benny's Dispatch. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could do that. Yep. Actually, that's probably the song that, like, because Benny's basically the lead in that, and Nina doesn't have a ton. Like, I could do that. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. Mm-mm. All right. I think I think it's... I know. The karaoke quotient is always hard to figure out when it's, like, all ballads or all yeah. ensemble numbers, you know? <laughs> I, I think In the Heights is slightly more karaoke-able than, than mm-hmm. West Side Story, but it's, it's yeah. close. I think, I think West Side Story has, like, the nostalgia factor to it that people are like, oh, yeah, this is a song that, like... I know, and it feels appropriate to sing at karaoke, whereas fewer people know In the Heights, and if you do it, they're like, this is cool, but I don't know this song. would be my guess. Anyway, I think the dreaded time has come. Oh, God. I know, right? It snuck up on us over the last 70 minutes. I I wanted to insert a little factoid about In the Heights that I learned about. Please do. So, originally, the show was about instead of Nina revealing to the neighborhood and her parents that she was um, dropping out of school, the main like big moment was a, a male character coming out to his parents. Mm. Yeah, oh. I know. It was like a totally different show. And then Lynn saw Avenue Q and saw that like, we're laughing at this now. And it's like, Obviously, it's a big deal to a, a lot of people, but it's like not as big of a deal in pop culture anymore. We don't have to make every show mm. and every gay character like all about coming out anymore. It was like, oh, oh, we're past this now. This is not going to like be very impactful anymore. I guess I got to come up with a new story. That's that's crazy. I 
like breathe and Nina's whole struggle at first with feeling like she's letting her family down is just such a important part of the story to me. It, it's crazy that that feels like it was the last part layered in or something. Right. Crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also like a, a major change in the movie that like Nina's sort of struggle is basically that she's depressed in the show. Right. Um, right. And in the movie, it's right. much more about like systemic racism and 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 being in a on a, a white institution and and that sort of thing. And I I think not that that's not a, a story that doesn't need to be told, but I felt like it was a little shoehorned in yeah. um, to the movie. But I I think that's part of why I connected with this show so much is that Nina like I came back from my first semester at college like miserable and wanting to come home and crying all the time like. I got it. I felt it. And that was 2008. Like, <laughs> like it was that year, <laughs> you know? So uh, I don't know. That's really interesting. That was, that was the original big moment. Cause I think that yeah. still could have been very impactful for a lot of reasons. I'm sure he found a way, but it's not really rooted in the setting. Yeah. You know, or the culture that they were trying to represent, you know, it's just kind of like, and also this, you know, it, it opens up a whole new can of worms of what you're trying to represent. Good stuff. Good shows. Good shows, as it turns out. Which means we're faced with a very difficult decision here. Uh, we got to pick one. There has to be a winner. That's why we don't never have an even number of people on the show. There has to be one. And uh, because we enjoy our guest and we appreciate her. Kara Chu Nelson, why don't you cast your vote first? Oh, so... There's one that I'd prefer to listen to all day, but then there's one that I feel like is just flawless. And I feel like I have to go with the flawless one, which is West Side Story. Totally reasonable. I get it. Kelsey, would you like me to go next? Yeah, would, I guess. Would you... <laughs> um, do you? Do you have your answer already? If you have your answer, you should go next. I'm still not sure. Yeah, I was, I was going to just, you know, pontificate until an answer came to me. No. Um, I, I definitely feel what you're saying, Kara. I, I think that, uh, West Side Story does a lot that's really great, uh, especially really early on in a way that's very impressive, uh, given like what musicals looked like at the time. Um, but I, I think there is something that is just so emotionally resonant with, um, within the Heights, the way that it is this deeply personal story, even though it's like kind of couched in this very upbeat music a lot of the time, I, I find that uh, juxtaposition really impressive. Um, and I think the fact that every single song in it just like is so much fun. Uh, I don't know. I kind of came in here thinking I was going to vote West Side Story, but I'm I'm officially casting for in the heights which means kelsey you don't even get the the benefit of saying oh i just get to dissent for fun you have to break our tie here okay i feel kind of bad because kara is the guest (laughs) you're gonna be mean to the guest (laughs) however i think for me like this is like partially like a personal decision because also like i like you kara i could listen to in the heights like all day every day it's amazing um but i think for me what makes it my choice is that the sort of way that it captures 
like my emotions in a way that I feel a little bit on the outside of West Side Story. Like I don't connect with it as much as, and maybe that's because I haven't seen it on stage. Like there's, you know, maybe I could see a stage production and totally change my mind. But um, I think the the music is very, of West Side Story is, is very good and very cathartic and wonderful. And, but I don't, connect with it in a way in the way that I connect with the you know emotions that are coming out in in the heights like I feel in that show um and I think for me because because I'm so frustrated as of late with the lack of like new stories (laughs) and the fact that this was a totally original concept um I think puts it over the edge for me um to be in the heights because I I just want to see more stuff like this. I want to see more new stories of, of cultures. I don't know of, of, you know, I want to learn through this sort of art form. Um, and I'm glad that Lynn sort of opened up that door for, for Broadway. And I hope we get to see more things uh, in, in that, in that vein. Um, I think, you know, this is definitely top five all time favorite musicals. I think it's going to win today. Um, I think it's Lynn's best musical. You can at me if you want to. I will fight you. <laughs> I will certainly be doing that because, again, as previously mentioned, Lynn's best musical is 21 Jump Street, the musical he wrote for This American Life. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think final vote in the Heights is the winner. I am comfortable with that win. Yeah. It's hard, though. It was close. I did not make my decision until, like, a minute ago. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm obsessed with In the Heights. I'm not obsessed with West Side Story. You know, that's why, like, I can't lose. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. You can't lose. Either of these shows is a winner, but today the winner is In the Heights. It's not like we were doing um, freaking Adam's Family vs. Beetlejuice. Loser all around. Either of these shows, <laughs> losers all around. Um, but hey, guess what? Here's the fun fact: is that you, the listener, have a chance to vote yourselves now because you can find our social handles at at mt underscore deathmatch on both Twitter and Instagram. There is a poll right now on Twitter. You can go vote for which of these shows you think should win. Please at us, please. <laughs> We're also on Facebook at mt deathmatch without the underscore uh we're available on all your basic podcast streaming platforms you know apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher google play i don't know all of them (laughs) all of them have stars rate us five stars please you can find me uh also at um my other podcast ruin my life um at ruin my life cast on various social medias we have also been on hiatus to return shortly we are recording an episode on friday (laughs) very exciting can't wait to get that ruin my life back in my ears ruin my life coming back to you very shortly and another podcast project also debuting sometime this year very exciting yeah i'm gonna be mysterious about it (laughs) all right and uh before we sign off for the night cara do you have anything you would like to plug Um, Yeah, so I have been running an annual Broadway-themed trivia event in Boston for the past few years, and the next one is coming up on September 16th. 
Um, I, I write most of the questions and my friend Justin hosts the event. So if any of my fellow theater nerds are in the Boston area, it's a really fun time. Lots of creative question rounds and um, cash prizes for the top teams. And even if you don't win, great food and drink. Um, it's at Club Cafe in Boston. You can find more information at clubcafe.com slash events or they'll probably be posting about the Facebook event soon on their page, which I think you should be able to find by searching Club Cafe Boston on Facebook. So yeah, it's always a fun time, and uh, we hope to see some Boston area folks there. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could go. Uh, And I hope some of our listeners will be there. Uh, Well, thank you, Kara, for joining us today. We had a great time. Um, And... Make sure to join us next time. We'll be releasing an episode in about a month, hopefully. Uh, and on that episode, we will be relitigating the 2017 Tony Awards. It's Dear Evan Hansen versus Come From Away. And as we say at the end of every episode, good show. Good show. Good, good show. show. Good show. Good show. I don't know. We're, we're trying out a new closing tagline. I'm not sure that that's Here, the we winner gotta, yet. We got to find an organic sign-off. I don't think there's anything like this in the space. Yeah. I want to franchise this idea, like the competition podcast. <laughs> okay. So that there's like, you know, movie deathmatch and TV show deathmatch. And then eventually, and this is important, deathmatch podcast deathmatch. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say just, just two, two humans deathmatch. No, that's, uh, that's illegal as it turned out. Uh, <laughs> um, womp, womp. womp womp. indeed.